Okay, let's pray, because I, I believe God's going to do something in this place. Father, right now, as we come around your word, God, and we look at different scriptures, God, I pray, speak to us. God, let your presence be so strong in this house. God, let something shift. Let something change. God, in our hearts. God, let our eyes be opened. Father, I pray, speak to me, God. Speak to all of us. God, let us walk out of here knowing we've heard something from you specifically, Lord, individually, personally for our lives. God, remove any distractions right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a verse in the Bible in Psalm 69, verse 9, that I really identify with. And it's repeated again in John 2, when Jesus kicks over the tables and, and you know, whips people out of the, out of the synagogue there because they're doing the money thing. And, and the verse says, zeal for your house consumes me. And I think it just sums up something that's been developing in my life over a long while. You know, passion for God's house consumes me. And I am really passionate about God's house, not the building. I'm definitely not passionate about the building. I'm passionate about you because we together are God's representatives here in the community. And you are the one that's going to bring change. And it's God can sovereignly come down, but he chooses to work through you and I, which I love. And the more we can get activated and mobilized, the more we're going to see the community change. And that's why I am passionate about the house. And the truth is I live it, I breathe it. I'm here pretty much every day, but not because I have to be, but because I want to be. You know, Pastor Tark asked, I didn't say this in the first service, but Pastor Tark asked during a, uh, sometime during the week, oh, I think we should cancel all holidays. There's so much happening. It's so exciting. And only him and Pastor Umesh were uh, excited about that because they're Indians. And, but, <laughs> and it's good to have a holiday. But I'm the same. I'm like, man, I want to have a holiday and I want to go to the beach, but I've got to see the kingdom advance. You know, I'm passionate about the church. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about passion. Okay, let's say it together. Let's say passion. passion. Oh, that's a bit better. In the first service, they said like passion fruit, you know, like passion. No, passion. You know, passion's got that word that you can't say it like weak. You've got to say it strong, like passion. And, and that's what I want us to look at today. My question is, what is consuming you? What is burning inside of you? What is, not what are you eating, not what are you consuming, but what is eating you? Because that is the question. It's like a fire consumes a house or a forest. What is burning up inside of you? Is it money that you're always thinking about? Is it a promotion at work? Maybe it's your reputation. For some of the young people here, they're just worried about their image on social media, you know, making sure it's really good. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, just thinking about that, I, I have to stop here. I've got something really important to announce. That's very exciting. Some of you on the second row will have already seen this, but I heard on Friday night that finally Tinny asked Alyssa to marry him, so they got engaged. So exciting. Well done, Tinny. I didn't know it was happening. I was hassling him during the week. Did he need me to go and buy him a burgering packet? But he got it done. I'm, I'm very excited. But there's a problem that happens every time these young people get engaged. And I see the ring. I mean, if you were behind Alyssa, you would have seen her worshiping. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
and, and, and like when you get engaged, you're walking around like this. Or that's... But anyway, if you've seen the ring, I look at that and there's just this thought that immediately goes through my mind. Oh, I probably should have spent a bit more on Jody's one. Uh, oh, but it's all right. I, I did buy her an eternity ring because she nagged me for like ever. So I, I did get her a, 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 she did. But it's exciting. I'm really excited for you guys. I, I, I really am. And, but passion for people, you know, passion. What is burning up inside of you? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your home or your boat or all sorts of things can consume us. But whatever is consuming your thoughts, that's probably your passion. That's probably the thing that you're thinking about. And, you know, as a church, we're kind of a passionate church. You know, Pastor, Pastor Tarkwa, our media ministry is called Running With Fire, which is about the passion of God. And this morning, some of what I'm going to share actually comes out of his first book, Wired for the Supernatural. And I have to be honest, I hadn't thought about this book until about... Oh, six, seven weeks ago, I had a leader in the church. I was meeting with them, and they came to me, have you read Pastor Tuck's book? And I'm like, oh, I've, I've skimmed through it. <laughs> and he was like really passionate about it. He's like, everyone needs to read this book. It's so good, and it's like it should be a required reading for everyone who comes to the church. And I'm like, ooh, I better read it then. This just sounds pretty good. <laughs> and, and I mean, I had flicked through it, but I've read it, and it is good. And I want to say... It, if you haven't read it and you're part of this church, I really want to encourage you to do that because you understand who we are as a church. You understand what we're all about. And when you know what you're about and, and what it looks like, you're able to really flow into it. So I talked to Pastor Tark, twisted his arm, and today only, you can get it for $10 out there. So I really want to say, go out and get it. It's, it's worth the investment of your time to read it, to understand it. And if you can't afford it, see who's going and buying it, write down their name, and once they've read it, steal it off them. Okay, but $10, go out there and get it. And I really, I'm not trying to sell it. This is, I'm actually trying to say, this will help you. Guys in the balcony, this will help you. And I'm kind of sharing a little bit about that this morning. So let's be clear, passion I'm not talking about the Hollywood passion. You know, you meet somebody in a bar apparently and you go home with it. That's not passion. That's lust. That's not what it's about. It's about what's the thing in here that's burning. Not, not a feeling, but something that's burning, a desire that you really run after. And the truth is some people are more passionate than others. Some have more bent to be more passionate. Well, our son, Zach, who's six, he has been passionate since the day he was born. He is very, very passionate. And what's really interesting, it goes from one thing to the other to the other. It first started with these soccer cards. And all of a sudden, Jody and I have got no idea what these soccer cards are. And all of, all of a sudden, he wants us to go and buy it. And, and you have to go to a shop and pay a whole lot of money to get these little cards with English soccer players on. I'm like, what is all this about? And so every time we go into a shop, he wants us to buy it. So now we're using them to bribe him to be good. But he's, paid, like, he's got this whole photo album full of these silly cards. And then it changes, and all of a sudden, he's passionate about sticks. Like, literally, he'll go to school, and in the forest, he'll find a stick and bring it home. And so outside the door at home, I'm not making this up, there's a pile of, like, sticks. I'm like, what sticks? But it's all right. I got, a, I, I got a whole lot on the other day, and I took them to work and threw them in the rubbish. Got rid of those sticks. 
But then it changes again. It, it's like these Weet-Bix All Black cards. And so he went over to Tark and Adrian's house, and he opened their Weet-Bix packet up, which they didn't need opening, just to get the cards out. Because he gets fixated. And the next thing was, you know, little matchbox cards. And do you know what's really annoying about those little matchbox cards? Is they're everywhere. So we go to pack and save, and he sees them, and he wants them. And he nags and nags because he's passionate. The newest thing right now is this thing called Beyblades, which you pull and it spins around. And all of a sudden, I'm having to find out what, what they're all about. Because you know why? He can't stop talking about them. <laughs> Any parents know what I'm talking about? But let me tell you something. I'd far rather a son or daughter who's got passion than one that doesn't. Because the passion will take them somewhere. And eventually, it'll go into something good, hopefully. Hopefully the sticks will go away. You know, <laughs> you know, but passion matters. You've got to find the right thing to be passionate about. Just a, a bit like this guy up here. Who knows we need to be passionate about the blues? Anyone with me? No. You know, this guy, you see him on TV all the time, and he sits like right next to the tunnel where the players walk out, and he gets a season pass, and he's always got the face paint on because he is passionate about the blues which is silly because you've got to support a winning team at least. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'll be honest, I, I do support the Blues, but this guy is passionate about the Blues. He's always there and he's always excited and the camera always goes to him because whenever they do something half decent, he's off off his feet and he's excited. And I'm like, get something good to be passionate about. It kind of reminds me of, um, there's a guy named Sonny, and this was a few years ago, and he was an accountant from Hamilton. And he basically worked, I understand he was a single guy, and he basically worked just to get enough money so he could tr travel around and follow the New Zealand cricket team. And so whether it was in New Zealand or throughout New Zealand, Australia, England, even India, he would go there and you'd see him waving his flag and he was so passionate about the cricket team. And you know what? That was at a time when they never won. And I'm like, that is crazy. But that's what he did because he was passionate about the cricketers. And you're like, where's this going? Because the thing is, we can be passionate about all sorts of things. But my question this morning is, where is your passion? And what is your passion level at? I want us to turn to our main passage this morning in Revelation chapter 2. If you can turn there, it's quite interesting. This is Jesus or God speaking to a real church, the church in Ephesus. And, and he's telling about, he's commending them to start with. He says in Revelation 2 verse 2, I know your works, your labor, your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. I'm like, oh, this is a good church. Sounds a bit like Church Unlimited West, doesn't it? You know, we're passionate, we're doing the things, we're out there doing it. But then verse 4 says, nevertheless. Now, that's not a good word. I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Or another way, you have left your passion. How is your passion this morning? Where is your passion level? Verse 5, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent 
and do the first works, or else I will come and quickly remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Church, I I know God's been speaking to me about this, and, and sometimes we actually need to stop and ask the question, where is my passion? And is it the same as what it once was? You know, we, we need to sometimes stop and pause and go, what's going on here? And where this all started was oh, a number of weeks ago here in a night service. We had a worship night, and we had the singer come along named Natalie. And Natalie, she was completely blind, first time ever come here, and she has an amazing voice, and it was fantastic. But that's not what inspired me. See, during worship, she had no idea. She walked in the place, and the worship was going. And, you know, all of a sudden, the first praise song started. And you know what? I I was just astounded. She was jumping up and down higher than all of us because she was excited, and she was passionate. And she didn't care what other people think because she couldn't see you anyway. And she was like, I am passionate about Jesus. And I was like, wow, that is awesome. And I was like, I took a photo because I was like, I need to remember that. And then we got to worship. And the worship song started, and you know what? She fell to her knees, and she was just worshiping like this, just worshiping Jesus. And I'm like, wow. And then after free worship, she she fell flat on her face, and she was just singing, crying out to God, just totally prostrate on the floor. And I'm like, man, where's my passion gone? How is my passion level? You know, what have I lost? And I thought, man, it's so challenging, you know, to think, you know, where have I gone and, and what, what's happened to it? Kind of makes me think about new Christians. You know, they get saved and they're so excited and they get their little Bible and they want to read it. And I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. But part of me thinks we need to make a little section for the new Christians because, you know, we don't want them to come and rub up against us, you know, because we might catch something off them. You know, all of a sudden we might be a bit passionate. We might be excited about Jesus again. Uh, you know, we've got to keep them to the side. But then there's the other side. If we don't keep them contained, they might come up and rub against you or me. And all of a sudden during worship, they might not start raising their hands. They might, oh, you're not raising your hands. Oh. And then they might go, oh, you mean you don't read your Bible every day anymore? Oh, they hadn't quite learned that. We just talk about it. We don't do it. Oh, you mean you don't come to the prayer meeting every week? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we lose that thought that actually, no, Jesus is real and he is worth being sold out for. He's worth being passionate about. Isn't that right? Now let's go back to the church in Ephesus. See, the interesting thing here is the church in Ephesus that that God was talking to in Revelation 2 was a real church. And it all started with Apostle Paul. So Apostle Paul, he gets, he's saved and he's like the most passionate guy around. And he's walking down to, the, to Ephesus and going to this real city, which is a massive city, over 300,000 people, fourth largest city in the world at that time. And he's walking down there and he meets two disciples. History tells us there's only 12 followers of Jesus and 300,000 people, all right? So he's walking down, and he meets these guys. And look, Acts 19, look what it says. I just love what it says here. Acts 19, verse 2 and 6. Paul asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And this is what they answered. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. 
And you know what Paul does? I love this. This is what Paul does. What? You haven't heard? Doesn't matter. Here we go. And he prays for them. They fall under the power of God and they start speaking in tongues and they get on fire. Yeah, isn't that what it should be like? Oh, only half of you are convinced. See, you know, when I read through the book of Acts, it's not a boring namby-pamby thing. It's not, I'll oh, come and get saved and then slowly we'll warm you up a little bit and maybe you'll start getting a little bit lukewarm. No, you get saved and you get passionate for God. Isn't that right? That's right. Okay, the front rows. Balcony, are you getting this? No, okay, that's all right. I'll keep preaching to myself. I'll get passionate. But do you know what I'm saying? Is They didn't need to know. They just needed to get it. And you know what happened? Those 12 plus Paul, they changed that city. You know, yeah, they got kicked out of the synagogue because they were too passionate. Good. If you're too passionate for the front row, well, maybe it might rub off on some of us. You know, I, you know, I hear some of you starting to go, yeah, good preaching. Oh, no, no one else is doing it. No, you need to be the other way around. You know, I think there's going to come a time when Pastor Tark's preaching and Nessa's going to stand to her feet and start getting excited. And then somebody next to her is going to do it. And then all of a sudden, we're actually going to start getting a bit passionate. Am I right? I don't know, but... Uh, I just feel we've kind of missed the idea that, you know, Jesus actually went to the cross for us, and, and yet we're too scared to, like, stand up out of our feet and get a little bit excited. And you know what's going to be great is when the balcony stands to their feet, you know? I, I'm just going, that, that'll change the church. But this isn't about standing to your feet. This is about getting excited and getting that fire back in your belly and saying, come on, let's go after this. And, you know, it kind of reminds me a, a little bit about when I first started preaching, now I went to a Christian school and we had this competition thing that happened at the end of each year. And they had this competition, preaching competition. So I entered the preaching competition. Now I was only 11 at the time, so the 11 and 12 year olds. So I entered it. And guess how many people actually entered at that age? Me, one person. So guess what happens when you're the only person that enters? You win, right? You win. Okay, right? So, so, so I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. I get there. I think I preached on Jonah. I think it would have been useless anyway, but I preached it and I preached my heart out. I probably fumbled every word because my English was even worse then than what it is now. But I preached my heart out and we come to the ceremony time and I'm so excited because I'm going to get first. There's, I'm first, there's no one else. I have to be first, right? So they go through all of the, the ceremony and they get to the youngest guys and that's me. And they come up and preaching for the 11 and 12 year olds. Sam Tolley, he gets, I've actually got it here somewhere. He gets, you've got to wait for it. He gets highly commended. I, I'm not joking. I get highly commended. I don't get first. I don't get second. I don't get third. I just get the also ran. That's all I get. But you know what? I had no knowledge. I had no theology. I probably, Joni probably jumped into a boat and not into a whale, but I had passion. And that's what it's about. It's about having some passion and saying, come on, that's what it's about. God's not looking for theologians. God's looking for people with passion. God's looking for a church with passion. Exodus 22 verse 30 says, I look for somebody who might rebuild the wall of righteousness. Not build a wall. Stand up for righteousness. 
that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap, but I found no one. I don't want that to be true of Church Unlimited. I want God to find a people that is passionate, that God looks and he finds a people. Even the back row, they're passionate. Do you know what I'm talking about? I love the fact that, and we see this example with Paul. Because Paul wasn't always Paul, he was Saul. And originally Saul, he was passionate about another, well, Judaism. And, and so he wanted to kill all the Christians. And so he was so passionate about what he was about, he didn't, he didn't mind killing people. Who knows that's passion, right? See, God looked down and see, even though Paul was persecuting his followers, God looked down and said, there's some passion, I can use that. And so what did, what did happen? Jesus comes and meets him on the road. He goes blind and God turns him around and his passion changes. All of a sudden, he sees clearly and he's passionate about Jesus. Why? Not because he knew it, because he had passion. And I think sometimes God's looking down and going, where's your passion? Where's it gone? Where's that passion that's going to change your family, that's going to change your community? Because passion will do that. Am I right? See, God found the passion in Saul, changed him to Paul, and he turned the world upside down. What could God do through you and I if we really released that passion? You know, it's, a, it's quite funny. You know, passion in the right area really works. I mean, maybe you're like me, but you're probably not. I find it hard to get out of bed and pray. But you know when the all black, when there's an all-black game on at 5 a.m. in the morning? Oh, oh, out of bed, ready to go. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that picture? There's something wrong with that picture. Now, I do just want to be clear. Passion isn't about a feeling. Passion is about a commitment. And I don't think passion really kicks in until you're starting to do stuff that your body doesn't really want to do. It's interesting in 1 Timothy 1 verse 3, here Apostle Paul writing to young Timothy, little Timmy, down in um, Ephesus. He was down there being the pastor. And this is what Apostle Paul has to tell him. He says, Tim, stay. Stay being the pastor there. I know it's hard, but stay. Now, let me tell you, if it's going good and there's the feeling there, you don't need to tell somebody to stay. But staying is when passion kicks in. You know, doing the hard yards. When you don't want to stay at your job because you're not feeling it anymore, stay. And let there be a passion to be the witness where God has placed you. When you're not feeling like going out and witnessing, the passion is what keeps you going and doing that. You know, when you're not feeling it with your family, you don't give up on them. You kick into some passion and you go out and do it. You know, that passion that you had for your wife or your husband, you got to find that back to keep that alive so you got a good marriage. But it, passion doesn't kick in until you're not feeling it. That's when it starts really happening. And here, Timothy, he's like, oh, i got to stay. Stay there and be what God's called you to be. And that's when passion kicks in. Passion kicks in when you don't want to come on a Thursday night to pre-meeting, but you still do. Passion kicks in when, oh, I'm not feeling the goosebumps during worship on a Sunday, but I still turn up because God's real and I need to worship Him. Am I right? You know what I'm meaning? Because passion's not a feeling. Passion's that inbuilt fire that keeps you going forward. And that's what we need to be like. Romans 12 verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, 
but keep your spiritual fervor, comma, serving the Lord. You know, I want to say here, if you want to keep your fire going, you've got to be serving God. You can't go, oh, I've had enough serving in kids' church. No, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep doing that because you know why? That keeps your fire going. That keeps your passion alive for Jesus. So let's go back to our main text in Revelation 2. And there's something really key in this that that you really need to see. Because this is the application. This is how you keep your passion alive. It's up there on the screen, but you'll see it. It says, I have this against you, that you have not lost your first love. You have left your first love. You know, when you leave something, you know where it is? It's where you left it. So where's your passion? It's where you've left it. The Bible's really clear. You've left it. It's there. And so then what does the Bible say? Then remember, not regret, not worry about it. Remember what it was once like and go back and Do it again. This is what it says here. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. If you want to get your passion back, you don't go, oh, Jesus, give me passion again. He's going, no, no, go and do it. He's not, you're not going, God, God, set a fire in me again. He's saying, no, go out and do it. Whatever you used to do, do it again. And you know, when I saw Natalie down here and I started checking myself, I'm like, what have I stopped doing? What am I not doing that I used to do that I need to do again? And that's the question this morning. What do you need to do? This isn't about praying and saying, God, maybe you need to do prayer again. But it's about saying, God, put it back in me. And he's saying, well, go and do it. So remember and do. It's pretty simple, right? Remember, what, what was I like? What have I stopped doing? And this isn't because I'm telling you to do it, but for me, one of the things that I've really said, I need to pray and fast more. It's not that I was not praying and fasting. I'm like, that's something that I've done ever since I was a little kid, and I need to do it more again. Why? Because I want to be passionate like I once was. I want to have that first love again. And really clearly, passion comes through practice. Passion doesn't come through just saying, God, give it to me, just download it to me. Passion comes through practice and doing it. You know, when David, you know, David went out, he killed Goliath. That didn't happen because he was like, oh, God's awesome. No, he'd practice presence. He'd practice being with Jesus out on the field. He was with Jesus, had an intimate relationship with God. That's one thing that he did. You know what the other thing he did while he's with his sheep and in the presence of God? He killed a lion and a bear. He had already done it. He had done it. He had done it. So when Goliath stood before him, he already had the passion because he'd practiced it, because he'd been doing it. And so when the thing came, he was like, oh, no problem. I've done it before, and God's with me. He had practiced it, and it happened. It wasn't by chance. He already had the passion. Maybe for some of you, it's like, man, I've stopped praying. Well, you know what I want to say tomorrow? Pray for a minute. And the next day, pray for two minutes. But start doing it. Start doing it and doing it and doing it and start practicing and practicing. Because you know what? Passion isn't about doing the thing you like. Passion's doing the thing that you know you should do when you know that it's difficult or hard. That's when you keep going. Having passion for your family isn't doing the fun things like going to the beach. Passion for your family is doing the hard things. You know, that is what it takes. And I'm not trying to say you've got to do all the hard things, but when you've got passion, you do whatever. 
You get up and you do it. You stay up and you do it. You do whatever it takes to keep going. And that's what I really want to encourage you to do. Practice, practice. Keep doing it. God wants to restore your passion. God wants to bring it back, but you've got to keep going. You've got to get around the right people. You've got to start really saying, God, I, I see that it's gone. I see that it's not the same as what it was. And I can see what I'm not doing. And God, help me to do it again. Help me do it again. Help me start reading your Bible again. God, let me just read a verse. God, and then maybe I'm going to read two verses. But whatever it is, you've got to start doing it. You know, I, like I said before, I love new Christians. They get that little Bible and it's no pictures in it or anything. And they, they open it up and they just want to read it and read it and read it. Maybe that's what you're like, but you've stopped it. Go get back into it because that's where the passion comes. The other thing is you really do need to get around the right people. You need to be in church because you get stoked up and your passion fires up other people. But if you're hanging around with passionless people, you know what's going to happen with you? You're going to be passionless. You know, when you were around people who were passionate about something, you get on fire. I mean, even if you go to the Blues game and they're losing and you're around fans that are excited, you get excited too. That's how it works. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah, no one supports the Blues, so it's all right. <laughs> so I, I want to share a story. It's, it's quite interesting. There's a pastor and he went around and visited a guy that stopped coming to church and he visited, met the guy at the door, and they went and sat down. It was winter, and the fire was going, and they didn't say anything. So after a few minutes, the pastor grabbed the tongs and grabbed a coal out of the fire, and he just sat it on the fireplace there, and they just sat there and watched. And slowly over time, that coal got cold. It got so cold that the pastor was able to go and grab that coal with his bare hand. But you know what was interesting? The moment he chucked it back into the fire, Bang, it came back to life again. You see what I'm saying? You've got to get in the fire and you've got to stay in the fire. You've got to do whatever it takes. King David said in Psalm 51, Restore to me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Get it back into me. God, bring it back. And this morning, church, God wants you to get back to that place that you once were. And it's pretty simple. Remember, don't regret, and do. Practice. What do you have to start doing? What is it that you've stopped doing that you need to start doing? And I hope that God right now is speaking and speaking. He's saying, that's what you need to do. Because the truth is, I'm sure in this place, you're all here this morning, so your fire's not gone out. But you just need to start doing those things again. You just need to start practicing again. And see, right now, we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing, set a fire because that's what God wants to do He wants to stoke that fire up again so right now I want everyone to stand I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray for everyone in this room and I believe God is going to restore passion so why don't you close your eyes before we sing oh Father right now right across this room God I just know that you God want to release God a, a new passion Lord restore it God, restore unto us, God, that, that, that excitement, that passion for who you are, God, and what you want to do through us and in us. God, I, I pray, give us the ability to remember what we once were like, Lord, and then start doing those things again. 
God, let there be no condemnation in this house. God, let there be an excitement about what you want to do in us and around us and through us. God, so right now as we start singing, God, I pray, God, that you come. God, you come and set a determination, Lord, start that passion again. God, to get us back to that place, Lord, that we once were. God, we we're practicing, Lord, our passion. Lord, we're doing what you've called us to. God, so as we sing, God, come in this place right now. Come on, church. Let's sing this.